Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with award-winning author, speaker, and coach Sharon Hughes. She is a two-time award-winning author of The Girl in the Garage, Three Steps to Letting Go of Your Past, a faith-based book for breaking free from a lack of confidence, self-worth issues, and painful past. She's the founder of Confidence Academy, the host of Called to Confidence podcast, and a confidence and self-worth expert. She's an excellent communicator that speaks and a best friend over coffee style that is easy to connect with. She's got a lot of great stories. Enjoy this interview. Yeah, we're here. We're live. We're good. Hi, Sharon. How are you? Well, good morning from California. I love California. I went out to San Diego last summer. Uh, Are you coming this summer? I don't know. I think, uh, I don't know if we're going to make it back out that way, but I love the way things roll out there. (laughs) Well, it's a little different, probably. (laughs) It's, It's been an interesting landscape. Yeah. For sure. Well, hey, let's get into your life. And before we do that, what I'd like to do is cover COVID. How did you survive the last three years and how has it changed the way that you do things now? Oh, huh. That's really, that's an interesting question. Um, you know, I, I did well. <laughs> I did well with it, but I'm, I'm a really strong person and very strong in my faith. And, uh, that's my North star. And I just kept going. It, it really didn't slow me down. So let's get into the essence of exactly what you do. I know there's a lot of parts to what you do. If I put you in front of a bunch of third graders at a career day and one of the kids looks up and says, Hey, what do you do for a living? How do you answer that child? Boy, you, boy, you're rolling hard first thing in the morning. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I I think I would say I I help people realize how incredibly valuable they are so that they can go on to do great things. So let's get to how all of this began for you. And before we do that, what did you want to be in the third grade? What was your dream growing up? I wanted to be an actress or a superhero. I think I was totally girl crushing on Wonder Woman and the Bionic Woman back at that time. Well, and now everything coming out of Hollywood, superhero related. So it's kind of fun as an adult to see that happen. Yeah. Yeah. So tell me where you were born and raised. How did these seeds get into you to become who you are and to write and uh, speak and to do all these things that you do? How did that happen? Well, I was actually born and raised in, in Orange County, California. And you know that how those got into me is, is still a mystery. I think some people are just wired towards a certain thing. And sometimes it can take decades to um, unearth those things that, that were deep within you. And yeah, it's just, it's been kind of a, a long messy journey because my personal story is really, really crazy. And I think I always knew I was going to write a book, but I didn't think it was going to be the book that I ended up writing. So how did you get the confidence to come up with the Confidence Academy? (laughs) Confidence has never been an issue for me. Self-worth is a completely different story. And that's one of the things that I really like to teach about is the difference between the two. Because I really think that confidence is a skill set. It's like riding a bike. You know, the first time you get on a bike, it feels awkward and you fall off. But we expect that, right? We see all of our friends get on skateboards and bicycles and uh, scooters, all the things, and they fall off and they get skin knees, but they get back up and they keep going until they get the hang of it. And then as adults, 
for some reason, when we're trying something new and we fall down, we don't get back up. We don't want anybody to know that we're struggling, that we didn't accomplish it. So some, there's something I think that switches within us and it's probably a, a societal pressure and we stop trying. But self-worth is completely different. That's, you know, I've, I'm in the C-suite and I'm struggling in my role. If anybody knew, I'd be fired. I don't deserve this. Uh, you know, it's it's thinking that you don't deserve good things in life. It's it, it's deep. It's really deep. So you said you've had to overcome a lot in life. What was the one thing you had to overcome that made you grow the most? Oh, the one thing... I think the one thing was as a 13-year-old girl wanting to be a cheerleader and I was going to try out for cheerleading when they had like a little workshop after school and you would go and learn the cheer that you had to do to try out. I remember being really excited about this and my dad had come home from work and I, you know, daddy, I, you know, I'm going to try out for cheerleading and, and I learned this cheer today, you know, do you want to see? And he goes, you're not good enough. And I was just absolutely just crushed. And um, I didn't make the squad. The girl across the street did. And what they had done is when you made the squad, you know, s- somebody from school staff had called the parents to say, hey, all the girls that made it, the old cheerleaders that are going out and and whatever parent, you know, is coming where we're going to kidnap the girls and we're going to have a slumber party. And I remember hearing them come to get my neighbor and I thought they're coming to my house and they didn't. And I was so devastated. And I really dragged around my dad's words for years. I think as children, we all want our father's approval. And I dragged that around for years was that I wasn't good enough. And it was really kind of a, a fulfilling prophecy in many ways I ended up going through, well, at that point, I had already been through tremendous things. He had abducted me when I was seven. He'd taken me out a window, drove me back to California um, from Missouri, and I hadn't seen my mom for what would be seven years. He was an abusive man. I had been abused by numerous people at that point. And that started really sealing the fate that I wasn't good enough. And then things turned even darker. I'll let you lead. Do you want to go dark? (laughs) Well, let me just kind of sidestep here. I'm coming out of Kansas City. Where were you at, Missouri? I was in a little town called, oh gosh, now I'm trying to think of the name. What was it by? What city, main city was it by? St. Louis or Kansas City? Sykeston. It was called Sykeston. And I don't know, you know, okay. I was a little, little girl and I sure. was only there for such a small, small time. Should probably look it up. I still have the newspaper clipping of being taken. It's kind of interesting. My mom kept it. So I guess my question to you is, mm-hmm. you know, I, I do want to delve into your life, but I don't want to get too dark. I don't want it to throw you off. So <laughs> I'll, I'll kind of let you, if you want to delve any further, I think that's pretty heavy what you laid out there, but I'll kind of let you, if you want to delve fine, I don't. I, te- I tend to keep this rather light and to get into who you are, but I know these are all integral pieces of who you have become now. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Well, we're not going to go dark. It's very PG. Um, you know, it was just, it was this progression of, of being really victimized and going back and forth between, you know, one dysfunctional parent household and, and the other 
and um a, a lot a lot went on and then then came halloween night and i was 16 I went to a, a party with an older boy and you know, right away when you say older boy, it's bad. You probably have, have kids. And when I got to this party, he wasn't particularly interested in being my, my date, which, you know, I was kind of thrown off because 16 year olds, when they go out with an older boy that has a car, you're just thinking, Oh, wow. You know, this is, this is so exciting. And, and what's going to happen? And is he going to be my boyfriend and all this stuff? Well, what happened was, Somebody handed me a cup. Actually, it was one of his sisters. And I went into the bathroom with the cup and I was fixing my costume and I took a couple sips and um, immediately I was so tired. I thought I just have to lay down on the floor for a minute. And seven hours later, I woke up in a garage at a different location with the older boy. So what happened was when I got home after four in the morning, the lights were off and the front door was locked and I had to wake somebody up to get in. My mother just, she just looked at me. She didn't say, you know, where have you been? I've been, you know, worried sick. She didn't ask what had happened. And it was then that everything that had already happened to me really sealed a fate for me was that, that I, I wasn't good enough. In fact, I thought that I, oh, I'm worthless. I'm just here for the taking of whoever. And I started to spiral downward. And then was thrown back to my dad's house. And then at 17, he kicked me out and I was homeless and ended up living with an older brother that was a drug addict. And his wife was a stripper, which is, you know, the ideal environment for raising a teenager. And so I think what has happened with, with me going into like corporate training and just the different places that I've been is I find this is extraordinarily common for people to have had, it, it's like Lemony Snicket's um, unfortunate events, like one after another. And you don't know because everybody just looks normal on the outside, right? Unless they're pushing a shopping cart down the street. So it's been really an interesting ride to get here and to be able to help others overcome the lies they believe about herself, themselves. Yeah. yeah, for sure. Yeah. So in this, in this, you know, overcoming things and adversities that you've had to go through. Who's been a hero for you, a role model? Well, I, I think, again, it go- really goes back to my faith. Um, that's been the North Star. There's been at different times people that were kind of like point people in my life. But there hasn't been a consistent individual throughout my life. So if you can meet anybody alive on the planet right now and spend some time with them, who'd it be? You know, I, I think that I think that would be my mom. She passed away when I was 29. And, and I kind of feel like there was an awful lot of questions that died with her. What What is the fuel for you? What is the fire for you right now to do what you do, to be who you are? How did that happen? Yeah. You know what? I think it's the passion to help people. Because when I went into corporate training, I took some of the things that I that I had personally used to overcome trauma, and I developed a few questions and thought, I'm going to experiment with this. And I was at a, at a place that gave me free creative reign, and it was really such a gift. And did a lot of personal development there. Started asking key questions, and I would find that people would be breaking down even crying within the training. And I thought, oh my gosh, I'm going to get fired. You can't make people cry in corporate training. 
But they would come up to me afterwards and say things like, I haven't spoken to my family in 10 years, and I'm going to call them tonight. And just different things like that. And I saw when you when you stop and, and listen to people's stories and let them know that they're enough, you were lied to. Like when my dad said, you're, you're not enough. He lied to me. You and I and everybody listening is enough. We are of extraordinary value. And if we start to believe that we're not, that's when everything starts coming undone. So what's been your best client success story? One that one of your favorites up to this point? Mm. I, oh my goodness. I had one particular client that she was so extraordinary. Every time that we would meet, she would take pages and pages of notes and she would message me with questions she was much older than I, she was probably in her, her, her sixties. And um, she said to me, I've been waiting my whole life to hear this. And that blew my mind. I thought, how come nobody has told her <laughs> what, what happened here? Yeah, absolutely. So of all the things that you've accomplished in your life up to this point, what are you the proudest of? I think it's my book. I, I really think it's my book. I, just the messages that I get from people that read it and tell me, wow, you know, like the examples of saying, saying like, here's what happened to me. And I tell it in a very, you know, friend over coffee way. And I say, look at how these patterns of thinking developed. Does that resonate with you? What might you be thinking that's not true? I get messages from people all over the world and it just blows my mind because it's kind of like, it's a little book. It's kind of like a little bit of a secret. It's not like I'm, you know, on Forbes or something. Yeah. So let's say you have a dream tonight. You run into that 16 year old version of you, maybe before mm -hmm. the party and you could give that version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained in your life up to this point. What would you tell that younger version of you? Don't take the cup. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Don't take the cup. But then on the other hand, okay, so as horrific as that was, I wouldn't have went through the nitty gritty and have healed and be able to turn around and help others with that. So such valuable lessons. Would, would I pass on those? I don't know that I would. Yeah, that's the that's the idea behind wisdom, because you, you realize that things that were traumatic, you know, it, mm -hmm. it, it all comes back and, and ultimately helps you grow. Um, so everyone out there has a perception of you, family, friends, yeah. clients, colleagues, but mm -hmm. you're in control. What's mm -hmm. your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Mm. You know, I think I'm the person that I am now. I, I think I'm the, the person that hopefully others would have wanted to be their, you know, their, their next door neighbor or their, their best friend in high school or their, you know, the college roommate, the bridesmaid. I was never a bridesmaid. So if anybody needs a bridesmaid, hit me up. But I just want to be, you know, that, that confidant, that, that rock to people. I, I hope that they see me that way as being warm and open and willing to listen and support. I hope so. So as somebody that's a writer, if what was the book that you read early on in your life that was either made you want to write or read more? Hmm. You know, I'm such a book nerd <clears throat> and I read a ton of books 
that came when I was a little bit older. That probably started happening when I was later in my 20s, into my 30s, into my 40s. Ooh, now we're in the 50s. But a, a little over a decade ago, a book was given to me and it was called You're Already Amazing. And it blew my mind. And that was one of the things that really started me to pivot. That, that was a little bit of a linchpin. I think it gave me permission to, to accept myself, to be like, hey, you know, all these things happen to me, but they don't define me. Yeah, for sure. If anyone wants the book to learn more about you, anything pertaining to your world, where is the best place for them to go? They can go to Amazon or to Barnes & Noble. Wonderful. Sharon, I always love these stories of overcoming. It's so good. I mean, I you know, we've all had our, our road to go down, but it, there, it says a lot when you can overcome and become who you want to be. Thank you. It's been quite an adventure. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> hey, send my best to California. I love it out there. Thank you so much. I hope you have an amazing weekend and thank you for having me on your show. Thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with Joe Domino, where we cover the world of art, literature, business, spirituality, music, and more from around the globe. If you want to hear more interviews, visit the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino channel on YouTube. You can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening and until next time.